big crowd day. Great to be here at Pinnacle Peak. Hey everybody, Dave and Jeff, last podcast of 2018, and we completely did this thing <laughs> different than anything we've ever done. Uh, Dave, I love it. I love it. People thought it was dumb, and it is, it's great. This, to me, is so great because we have, I can't even tell you, guess, I think there's 71 people here. How many people are here? <laughs> what do we have, about 10 or 12, correct? Yeah, and it's great. And uh, Just to have people hanging out, uh, a bunch of people are here that came down for a live kind of live show at the end of the year and we're in dave's garage which is awesome the door all the way up usually we don't do the door all the way up just because we don't piss off the neighbors well we don't want sugar to run out in the street where she's dicking around so hopefully somebody will keep an eye on her right that'd be a bad end to 2018 but it's great it's great to have all of you here and what's even cooler about this audience is they don't come empty-handed roll tacos (laughs) lasagna holy shit let me see you do that, Kaplan. <laughs> Not going to happen. But uh, it's great. And all these guys, Dave, what's what's really cool, sincerely about it, is I was thinking driving down here that tomorrow is New Year's Eve. And New Year's Eve a year ago, I was here. Yeah. I was here with you, and we were excited about where this show was. We were excited about where this show was going. I got very fucked up here. <laughs> And I remember talking a lot of shit about some of your other friends to your son, Jake. And he and I were out here for a little bit, but the most of the night we were on the back patio. Yeah. And I just remember being here that night and laughing with him and drinking that tiki rum or whatever that shit was. And uh, and thinking, fuck, man, this is good. And yeah. the next day. Yeah, like 12 the, hours later. Yeah, everything turned upside down. But. The guys that are here and so many other people were the ones that kind of helped put it back together. Al Taylor's here, Amy's here, and a whole bunch of the rest. And I said to a friend of mine today, I go, you know what's really cool about this show is it's a chance for them. Most of them heard it August 1st. I think most of these guys were at East Lake on August 1st. But a sincere thanks from you and me. Because when we sat in here those first couple of weeks, we were fucked up mentally, yeah. emotionally. And just when shit started to come back together and we kind of started piecing it together, then October 30th came and hit us again. And this group here and, and so many of the others that couldn't make it uh, were the guys that saved it, man. And I will be loyal to this group to the end, sincerely. No, it's funny is my wife and my son both said, this is the worst idea you guys have ever had. And they said, oh, what? no, we've had plenty. I know that says a lot. And we even had I even had one person say, look, here's the deal. I know that you might be concerned of inviting people over to your house. Why don't you have it at my house? And that way you don't have to worry about people coming over on January 3rd and well, showing we'll- up all of a sudden. <laughs> and then, and I said, no, I go, we're going to do it this way. I said, everyone here are people that we trust. I said, yeah. everyone's a great person here and everyone supported us through or, you know, basically the worst moments of our life. And here right. we are, and we're moving towards 2019. And yeah, it started off where I said, you pick one and I'll pick one. And all of a sudden <laughs> that turned into about 12 that, that, that showed up, but it, it's great. There's not one person I would say beat it. No. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it's a great start to 2019. Yeah. I it's, do appreciate it's, this guy we, showing uh, up. Yeah. Cause it's a drive down here coming down. Uh, so it's great to have them all here. And here's the other thing real quick. There were a handful of you that reached out that didn't make it. We're in a garage. We're not the goddamn ballroom at the Manchester Grand Hyatt, you dick. So I don't know if we'll ever do another one. But 
we wanted to do this group tonight, and there were probably, Dave, I could have added at least 25 others. Don't take it personal. I would have loved to have you here. Dave would have loved to have you here. But if we do more, you guys will all be there, and we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So here we are in the garage, the last show of 2018. Moving forward, as again, I kind of left the garage the way exactly the way it's been the entire time we've done it. My mm-hmm. wife kept saying to me, are you going to go clean up the garage? Are you going to straighten things up a little no. bit? I said, no. This is the, the feeling. It's a fucking garage. There's shoes all over the place and old baseball equipment, and this is what it is. This is exactly what we have. Two TVs and a couple other couches and a couple microphones, and that's the way it's going to go. Nobody the goal- has a garage like this, right? <laughs> Does anybody have a garage where you have a 50-inch TV? You got a refrigerator out here. There's beers out here. There's goddamn lasagna on the table. It's not like anybody else's garage, Dave. It's great. It's a great setup. But the goal is moving forward. We plan on actually doing it where you have a chance to view the show at the same time. So it's yeah. gonna we're gonna do some lighting things and obviously set things up a little bit more. If you have a, a channel, the Dave and Jeff channel, where you can actually watch us do the show. If that means anything to you, but but that's kind of the goal to expand it. I know we're like, why the hell would you want to do that? But the research we've done on it, that you get basically more people listening and watching if you you put it on video. And that'll be the night. A lot of people ask, when do we bring Vera down? (laughs) Well, that'll be the night. Uh, I don't think she listens to the Patreon show. No, she does not. I don't think she has a credit card. uh, There's a few things. There's a few things. Hi, Dave and Jeff. Uh, She sent me a note the other day saying, nobody sent me a Christmas card this year. I wouldn't even know where to send it. Fuck. We're at KFMB. I guarantee if you just wrote Fear and Vista on the card, it would end up with <laughs> Get the, there? Yeah. Like Santa? Like everybody knows. She sent, this is a true story. Were you there at KFMB when this envelope sh- showed up? So she sends an envelope to KFMB, and it's written to me. Richard Ramirez was like, what the fuck is with that handwriting? <laughs> and it was a like a business envelope, and you could feel something was inside. And she said, hey, in her scrawl, I want to share this with you. This is my family. But there were pictures from like 1978. And one of the pictures that was included in there was a sideways shot of Vera, like circa 1974, in like a floral bikini. Yeah, on the couch. On the couch. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Posing on the couch. Yeah. And Costa was there. And we're like, what the hell? Yeah. She and sent so, that same, she loved that picture because she sent it she to did. us again in 2007 at Free FM. Yeah. So it was great. So me and Shotgun Tom Kelly went up and banged her. No, we did not. I was just like, oh, shit. Who was wearing the hat? <laughs> but like, why? Like, that's just like, I, I was explaining to a friend who doesn't get it. They go, well, you know, what's your audience like? I go, they're insane. I go, this woman's like 70. You know what I bet they like is this bikini picture. No, no. Just said like a Rice Krispie bar recipe. We'll give it to Meg Costa. Let us up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think we showed it to Ted. Yeah. We showed it to everybody. Yeah. Costa took it home. He weirdo. probably did. <laughs> Creepo. <laughs> But yeah, God, could you imagine if we got her? No. They'd be like, hey, Vera, how you doing? Uh, fine. Great, thanks. Let me tell you about tailor-made pools. That'd be it. There's nothing to hear out of her. Believe me, I talked to her for 20 years. You know, so right now we're watching the the game, of course, where Tennessee is playing the Colts. And we will say all the time, no matter what we're watching on this TV, the team that we're rooting for, that team ends up losing. Right. Got to ask you about your Vikings first, all uh-huh. right? Because we're going to wrap up the football season heading into the year. What happened to your Vikes? Terrible, man. 
Terrible. Absolutely terrible. And, and the frustrating thing is, Dave, we've seen it. You know what the Vikes reminded me of? They reminded me of so many Charger teams that you and I covered, where they started. Uh, the only thing the Vikes didn't do this year was make a Super Bowl video. That's the only thing. <laughs> um, they they did everything wrong. And it felt like watching that team, um, it felt very much like not so much Schottenheimer teams, but it kind of felt like Norv teams that we saw. Um, I, don't, I mean, McCoy never had that kind of success, but it just was a team that thought they were a lot better than they were. And, and look, man, the Bears, when you have Khalil Mack fall in your lap, yeah. that helps a lot. But that Bears team, with Nagy coming in, they just kicked that whole division's ass. They kicked the Packers' ass. They kicked the Vikes' ass. The Lions suck. But it, it just, Dave, you look at it, and it was very reminiscent. Look, the Raiders were done very early yeah. on. And it felt like the Vikes, a team, as my son Jack pointed out to me today, goes, wow, NFC championship to nothing. I go, yeah, I got it. Fuck. Uh, they look like a team that that felt like and anybody who's a Charger fan. How many different years yeah. could you have said this about the Chargers? Right? Remember the year 11 Pro Bowl guys? Yeah. Whatever. That was 07, I feel like that was. The well, it's funny because there was a play today just like that team where Marlon McCree fumbles the ball. Jalila died did the same thing in the Broncos yeah. game today. And you're like, dude, I've seen that play before. Yeah. But but that's to me the Vikes team. And yeah. and what do they do? Do they make changes? I, I don't know. I mean they feel like uh Barr's gone and some other guys on that defense are gone. And they I think Dave their window may have closed you before know, they even got I mean that might have been where they peaked. That's amazing. And the reason I, I bring it up is because obviously the Chargers they leave Chargers have a great season. They have the second best record in the AFC. They end up with the number five seed. We'll play against Weddle and the Ravens again. Yeah. You know, Weddle would love to stick it to him. With the Ravens winning today, Weddle got himself another extra million dollars in that contract the way it was written out. Yeah. But the Chargers blew it. Weddle's one of those guys when we talk about San Diego guys, and there's certain guys, I understand they're in L.A. now, but mm -hmm. Gates, Rivers, Weddle, those guys should have been guys that, Rodney even though they're Jr. gone, you oh, remember yeah. them as San Diego Chargers and guys that you loved. Yeah. Weddle on the way out was treated so poorly, I thought, by the fan base that they turned on him over and over again when we were doing the show at 1360 that now that you see Weddle still playing three years into it with the Ravens and now they continue to win games over and over again, who are you rooting for in that game? When the Ravens play the Chargers, are you rooting for Weddle or are you rooting for that Charger team? Ravens. That's what I thought you were going to say. No, I've never once. I've never once. Even though you think you're ready to go and buy season tickets. Not buying Chargers season tickets. You're buying NFL tickets. And what I used to say to Josh Rosenberg, and I think you and I had this conversation, but Rosie and I did post-game shows, and we were there at the queue the night of the Jets game. When the Jets, Sean Green, that who it was? Yeah. S-H-O, right? S-H-O-N-N -N or yeah. some crazy-ass written name written Sean. And uh, I said to Rosie, man, <clears throat> and the story can be told now, when that team lost in the manner that they lost, Marlon McCree, the Jets game, any of those kind of game. God bless the Chargers, man. The Chargers never lost a playoff game like 24 to 3. Yeah. They always just stepped on their own dick. Yeah. And what I would say to Rosie is this fucking team can't stop. And what's going to happen is they just bought us three months worth of material because you would talk about the whole thing. But what, what makes me laugh, and there was a guy today, whole thing, and God bless. Whoever figured out how to mute conversations, I think Darren taught me how to do it. You could just get out of that conversation. If people are tagging you in it, going back and forth about Dean, the whole thing. But it always cracks me up when there's people that didn't have 
the liberties that you and I had where you go behind closed doors and you can see guys that are actually pretty good dudes. And then you can see guys, uh, linebacker Burnett. Who's the guy linebacker? Kevin Burnett. Yeah. Am I right on that? What a, what a dick. <laughs> guy was just a fucking dick from the time he got here to the time he left. But then you sit with a guy like Mike Bennett and Mike Bennett's telling you the running back who had played yeah. for the Vikes and comes here and he's showing you his 25 different Bentleys, and you're like, dude, you are, you're going to be on Broke Part 2, which I think he was. Yeah. But then you go around and you meet Weddle and Hoffman and Gwynn and Rodney and Junior and other guys like that, and you're like, I don't, I don't get what the axe is to grind. I think his biggest problem, Dave, was the agent. Dave Cantor was a yeah. big mouth. And if Dave Cantor just stay quiet, then maybe it's different. But but we're a pretty conservative little group. But what was funny, what I used to say to people is, you hate Dean Spanos, yet you're taking Dean's side in this argument. You have a guy who wants to stay here and be part of your team. He wants to stay in San Diego. He doesn't want to go to L.A. He doesn't want to be a Raider or a Raven. He wants to be here. He was building a house at the same time when this whole thing was going down. Fuck, a nice pool in the back would look good. <laughs> That's what I good hear. fence. But, but you know what? He's there. And then Nick took a shot at him today. Like Nick, takes Nick who writes in there how much he loves drop kickers and God, names his favorite drop Luke, kicker of all Luke time. Rosa? What the fuck? Baltimore Gross. Yes. Former soccer's goalie. I was the only guy, me and Pete were the only two guys that got that fucking reference today. That column needs to go. That column is if old. That yellow. column goes, he goes. <laughs> Adios, old timer. You can come sit down here and uh and hang. I just I look at that column. And you're just like, God damn. I'll right? be honest with you. I look for shit like that every single week. And when he writes he's it, I'm like, this Larry is fantastic. King. Oh, he's Larry King. He's Larry yeah. King. They used to say the fish would be embarrassed to be wrapped in Nick's column. It's oh, so bad. I don't know what happened, man. But today he said Weddle hit more hands in his victory lap than he did make tackles. Well, all right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot easier to hit yeah, hands he, than he make made, tackles. Yeah, he more, made more tackles than you've written relevant columns in the last year. So now where are we, fucker? <laughs> God damn. Um, I don't know if I should share this, but I, I'm not going to go too far. But I would say for anybody that loved uh, old school Charger football, keep Jerry McGee in your thoughts. No keep, way. Keep, yeah. He's not doing well. Yeah, keep Jerry in your thoughts. Amazing guy. Amazing writer, and uh, just kind of keep him in your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, a little, little ill, and and we're hoping for the best. What a good man! All right, gonna ask you about last night. Where were Whoa. you yesterday? I was at the forum in L.A. for UFC uh, two thirty two, and David, it's funny. Like the whole week, we had talked about it, and then Lance Pugmire from the L.A. Times comes out and writes Friday, "Hey, tickets are pretty soft for this event." Fucking place was sold out. They sold it out in, in two nights. And Dana writes, this guy is so fucking bad. I don't know how he works for the LA Times. Um, okay, here's the funny thing. Again, I saw the same pictures that I used to see all the time at StubHub. When I'm at the games, and I know right now I'm probably in a, in a garage, my own garage, where people are about to turn on me. But when I sit there and I watch I those Charger games... <laughs> I hope they do. Just let you motherfuckers know there are about five bats to my left. All right. Yeah, I, got a, yeah, I got a head start. Move to your left. I got a head start on all of you. Padre fans it's, got a beer bottle in his. That's true. Conk you, take you old true. school. That's true. Let me hear this shit. 
okay, when I go to StubHub, same thing. And people take a picture of two minutes before the game or when the game just starts. Yeah. And if you look up, you can see everybody walking in. Yet, oh, there's nobody here supporting the team. And they freak out when they list it to sell out. So I saw yeah. the same pictures. Oh, it's fucking empty. Nobody's supporting UFC at the forum. Well, yeah, but Lance wrote it. Lance wrote it before they opened. I understand, the doors. but at the same point, you said it's a sellout. It was packed. You said you're saying, yeah. I mean, okay. I, the pictures they show look like it's it's 25 percent no, full. But if I put a, if you saw, I put the video up on Twitter of Amanda Nunez afterwards, yeah. and the crowd just went crazy. Um, the funny thing about it, Dave, was there were free fights on Fox, and then they got to the pay per view. And the guys that were on the Fox fights, just un- they just never understand when you have that opportunity, that's kind of your chance to open for the Stones. Make it count. Come out. Fight. The Fox fights were terrible, um, but then you got into the pay-per-view, and the first three were fine. What you had was a woman's fight between Kat Zingano and Am- Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez is the reigning 135-pound champion. Chris Cyborg, who trained down here in San Diego, is a 145-pound champion. Chris had never, really hadn't been beaten. She has one loss on her record. But for the most part, not only is she undefeated, but she went right through people. Very reminiscent to what Ronda Rousey did. And Amanda coming up 10 pounds in weight. And I was there with Jim Trotter. And the one thing that Jim said to me right before the fight was, he goes, Amanda doesn't look healthy. She looks like she came up too much in weight. But what was really fun, Dave, and this fight probably should have been the main event, is the building's on their feet. I don't know what they sit in the forum for for a fight. Probably 10,000, I would think. Is that it? Really? It used to be when the Lakers played 17-5-0-5. Yeah, they brought the, the building's different. When you go in, have you been have you been back in there? No, I've not been there since you and I took a tour when it was almost done. Yeah, they, it feels like they've they brought the forum down. But for anybody here, if you get an opportunity to see a concert in the forum, hundred million dollar rehab that it does not feel like the same building where you saw Gretzky or Magic or anybody else. But what was really great was the fights had been okay, and as Cyborg and Nunez are getting ready to go, both of them take a stance where their back feet is be you know their their foot's behind yeah. and they're like just waiting to go and they came out throwing bombs and Amanda Nunez took her out and what's crazy is Nunez knocked out Ronda Rousey in under a minute and she knocked out Cyborg in under a minute and the place just erupted but I'll tell you having covered sports for a long time I never dealt with Amanda but I've seen plenty but I have dealt with with Cyborg incredibly nice person, incredibly professional, the Serena Williams maybe of that sport. And I thought the class shown by both of them afterwards was awesome. And then you had John Jones coming back and he fought Alexander Gustafson and it was a complete adrenaline dump. Uh, Gustafson had nothing. And John John Jones ragdolled him and tapped him out. But that fight was pretty anticlimactic. The night was made by Amanda Nunez uh, knocking out Cyborg. It was great. John Jones, time to retire him from the sport. The, the smart thing to do, just take him out. Well, I'll, what I said is I worked for Dan Henderson going back. I met Dan in uh, 2007, right? We met him yeah. at Free FM. And I started working for Dan in 2009. And Dan doesn't badmouth anybody, really. I mean, he just doesn't. And I said to him in 2009, 2010, man, John Jones... He goes, that kid's a fucking fake. 
And I go, what are you talking about? He was on. He was on with me and Rosie before he fought uh, down here at the arena. And, hey, stay classy, San Diego. He had all these things. And, oh, I love your city, the whole thing. He goes, dude, the kid's a fucking fake. Wow. And Davey's off for 17 months. He goes through all his different shit. And he comes in, and it's a completely dominant performance against a really top-five-ranked guy, Gustafson. His 30 for 30 will be unbelievable. When you look at the DUI, when you look at steroids, when you look at cocaine, yeah. and still his ability to come back and perform at the highest level. But... He's just a dick. He's just a fucking fake douche. Uh, never, never proven more than the way he conducted himself at a at a press conference Thursday when a female Brazilian uh, reporter asked, which I thought was a great question, "Why are we doing this again? Why are we doing this for the third time? Why did every other fighter on the card have to move their family out here for you?" And he completely disrespected her in a very sexist way. Guy's a wow. dick. And, and Dana, you know, throws rose petals at his feet. But I, I would just say if you watch that card, what you should do is you should make the story about Amanda Nunez, who's outstanding. And another one, class from head to toe. And she said at the end, hey, I hope this gets me in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you knocked out Rousey and knocked out Cyborg in under a minute for both. Retired him, probably. I don't think Cyborg would be back. And, uh, yeah, and class doing it. And openly, here's the other thing, too, Dave, where we've come in this sport and where we've come, uh, married, same-sex marriage. And her uh, wife, Nina, also an MMA fighter, corners her. And their relationship amongst the MMA community is very cool. They're very well-liked. And to see that, I think as many people were happy for Nina, because I can't imagine what it's like as a spouse, putting your wife in to fight Cyborg as they were for her. It was a great story. All right, I want to ask you as far as just, just San Diego, since we have so many San Diego sports fans that are in the garage right mm -hmm. now at the same time. When you look at San Diego, besides the the Padres, obviously we talk Padres a lot. What's the Knicks team in San Diego that you have most interest in and most proud of? Goddamn Seals. <laughs> oh, shit. Get the hell out of here with your shitty attitudes. Get out of here. Steve Woods is making $11 a night <laughs> and a Togo sandwich, and you dicks can't even fake like I'm telling the truth. Fuck. Can't even fake it. I'll lie about a lot of shit, and that's... I think we have nothing. Did it used to be San Diego State basketball? Well, I remember this, and everybody flipped out yesterday, including that little dick Craig Meaty, who... Well, how the fuck? That's the one guy we forgot was getting that maniac down here. Um... I just, because I hear it from people all the time that say, and not in this group here, because this group gets it, and Meaty gets it, all those guys, Aiden, all those fuckers, I love to push <laughs> their buttons. They all get it. But you guys don't understand that for every one of you that understands, I hear from 10 more that don't have a clue. And it's revisionist history. That's what makes me crazy. It's the revisionist history where people are like, well, we had no idea. I had no idea this shit was going to go. So then you look and I go, well, fuck, I, I said in 2010, this team's getting ready to leave. And you guys are like, hey, fuck you. Yep. Uh, the, the one other thing that we said consistently on 1360 that pissed off um, the fucking guy who was AD before Wicker. I don't even uh, remember Jim, anymore. Jim, Jim, uh, so Jim Sterk. Jim Sterk lost his shit because I said consistently, 
Why does Brian Dutcher just get this job? Yeah, why does he promise the job? This is it's, a big time program. It is a let's big, look around. Yeah, open it up. And if he who gives a fuck? He's cashed a check. He's in there. Big deal. We're not having him clean toilets. And we just fucking handed it over to him. Here you go, Dutch. And you just go, you go, what are we doing? Uh, there was, I don't give a shit. There's no loyalty in sports. And there shouldn't be any loyalty. If he earns it and you open it up and everybody comes in and who knows, Dave, who interviews for that job, right? But it just, no problem. Boom, done. It goes to Brian Dutcher. And now you get fucking run off the floor by... And by Brown. By you, Brown. You're losing by 30 in the first half. So here's the deal. You lose to a team, Brown, that's not even the best team in the Ivy League, which is a fucking joke. Not what Coach said. Okay. They're a good team. <laughs> They're absolutely terrible. Okay, what does it say about San Diego State? So the program's completely on the downswing. Dick Vitale yesterday sent something out, which I thought was interesting. He said, for all you people who claim an East Coast of bias, guess what? UCLA loses at home to yeah. Liberty. Arizona State loses at home to, I think, Princeton. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he didn't mention San Diego State. Shows you that San Diego State's not a relevant program, okay? It makes me crazy. Okay, so here you go. San Diego State gets blown out by Brown, which isn't even a top team. Mm-hmm. The program's completely falling right now. Can they recover and even bring it up? you got a player on the team that's taking videos while he's having sex. They should have dismissed that kid immediately, or at least held him out to figure out what's going to happen. But it, it's funny how quickly everybody points fingers until it's your own guy. Then, hey, let them play until they get to the bottom of things. But he, here you go, San Diego State. You had the one thing in the program that everyone talked about for a while when you had a Kawhi Leonard and you had Steve Fisher, a big name. You gave the job to Brian Dutcher. doesn't matter that they're a tournament team. The, the program right now is a program where you aren't going to recruit four- and five-star players. I uh, It just sucks, man. It sucks because – Everybody in this town watched what Steve Fisher did. And what Steve Fisher did from the ground floor, and goddamn, that article with Smokey Gaines the other day was so great where Smokey basically had a trailer, which is true. He fucking had a trailer that he was recruiting guys to. And Smoke had some guys come through here and just a million-dollar quote. But he said, and David's, I, I mean, I don't know that he would have won three national championships as he claimed in the article, but shit, let him think it. But Dave, what Steve came into and rebuilt from the ground floor, I and look, somebody needed to say, I guarantee a fish was in every day saying, you know, Dutch has to be the guy. No, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He can go and be the head coach at USD then if he does what Jim Harbaugh does, then in a couple of years, if there's an opportunity, we'll bring him here. But that USD job opened a couple of times. And I don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I never said this on the air. But maybe they should have thought about pushing Dutch over to USD and give him the opportunity to recruit a program on his own, coach on his own, and if he develops it. But just to turn the fucking keys to the Lamborghini over and then... I just it's it's incredibly frustrating and it's incredibly San Diego to do it. The only reason you promise San a guy Diego a job nice. like that is because a million people are knocking his doors down and saying we want you to come coach us. And I don't know. I never saw Dutcher's name mentioned anywhere in a big time program. Yeah, you know? I felt like he he came up. I, I mean, he never. You came know what? Up. Hey, guess what? It happened when Dean Smith left too for Bill Guthrie. Yeah, for Bill, Bill Guthridge, Guthridge, right? And guess what happened with um with with Alabama when Paul Bear Bryant went? They gave it to Ray Perkins. It went right in the toilet too. Yeah. So you sit there and say that some guys are great assistant coaches, some guys are great head coaches, and I'm sorry, Dutcher's not not the guy. He's just not the guy. Now what are you going to do 
to fix it, you aren't going to bring in a big-time name to San Diego State right now. No, I don't know. Uh, look, at least open it up and say, well, who's who's interested? And shit, Dave, maybe at the end of the day you look at it and you go, well, we got uh, an assistant coach from Northern Illinois, and we got Dutch, and we got who the fuck else do we got, right? <laughs> Figure it out. John Olive from Torrey. All right, we'll we'll take Dutch. But if you had somebody with legit credentials where you go, well, hang on, Dutch, you know what? Sorry, man. This guy has four Sweet 16 appearances. He's had the ability to recruit. He did what Fish did, which is run a clean program. Kids are graduating. And, yeah, for us, this is what we're doing. Thanks. We wish you well in future endeavors. Happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, it happens a lot. But, goddamn, we just couldn't roll out that red carpet fast enough. And he's a great dude. Nothing wrong with him, but so what? The program's shit. Tickets for that game, this is what should tell you the story if you're, if you're J.D. Wicker or anybody else. When's the last time tickets for any Aztec game were about 10 bucks on StubHub? And I don't care who the opponent was. Year, three years ago or whatever years we were at, 1090, Brown came in, you might be able to get in for 55. That was the game where you sat up high, in the corner and you got in for 55 and that was your chance to maybe see Kawhi or one of the other guys you go shit I'll take that game Dave there were 10 bucks on StubHub and that was during the week and don't tell me oh it's Christmas break or any of the other bullshit fuck that it's going right in the fucking tank and nobody says shit we just sit there and take our beating because we're too fucking worried about running the wishbone <laughs> well fuck use the key word there is that they're too nice we're, we're always too nice. Even when I follow Bill Center right now, we all like Bill, but Bill over and over again, enough with Clayton Richard and Clayton Richard's wife, and you're going to miss They're them. They're nice. Too many fucking <laughs> nice people. I don't give a shit. And, and stop telling me you aren't getting Marcus Stroman in return and everything else. He sucked. Look at the stats. Why do you want that guy? I didn't see Clayton Richard show up down here with the goddamn lasagna. Yeah. Keep walking. <laughs> Take your horse shit. ER. Yeah. Oh, this fucking town. We just throw parades for shit every day. We get our feelings. We, we're so fucking bipolar in this town. We don't know if we want to throw a parade or get our feelings hurt. One way or the other. But it, it's just, it's yeah, it's crazy. Very frustrating. Okay, so here you go when you, with your Padres as we head into 2019. What mm -hmm. do you, what's the next big move? Has anything happened before spring training? No. Not one guy that you go, that's You're our guy that's going to take us out of You're six weeks out. Yep, that's what I'm saying. All of a sudden, when we went into the winter meetings, there's a little bit of excitement factor. Everybody's putting pictures of Bryce Harper in brown Padre uniforms. You know, over and over again, what direction are you going? All of a sudden, you get rid of the guy that was your opening day starter a year ago, and everybody freaks out, even though he sucked, wasn't an all-star, no. but everybody freaks out, don't know what direction you're possibly going. All of a sudden, you get Ian Kinsler. No one else wanted him, but you gave him $8 million. What direction, what What do you want to see? What do you think will happen and go, you know what, I'm going to get excited about that move? Is uh, there one move well, out there? Yeah, no, I'll tell you exactly the move. The move that's going to happen that we're going to get excited about is probably about April 20th, Tatis is coming up. That's it. That's what we're all waiting for, right? But that's yeah. not going to be a move that wins the division. That's just one guy to say that's a reason to go out and buy tickets. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah. I would go buy tickets to see him play. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go buy that instead of Mike Leake or Stroman or any of these other fucking That nobody names. else wants. Yeah, that, that a contender doesn't want. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what we're looking at. I think by, uh, I would say by 15th, right? By the 20th. And you're going out and you're watching Urias and you're watching Tatis. And I think for a lot of us, you go, okay. And we'll see what happens with Lucchese. And then, Dave, the next guy that you start counting down to for me is when the fuck's Paddock getting up here. 
because I don't know how many guys in this room have seen him. That kid's a blast. And that kid's a blast. And look, I always liked PV. I never felt, other than when PV pitched against Roger Clemens that night, that was a pretty electric night at Petco Park. But I never felt the need to go and buy tickets to see Jake pitch. Always liked him, enjoyed him. But he wasn't a guy. I mean, I really, Kevin Brown. Kevin Brown was that guy. Was that guy, right? To me, Paddock has the chance to be that guy. Where you go, this guy, the thing that I like the most about him, which has never been in this team's DNA as long as I've been a fan, if somebody hits Myers, Paddock's going to hit somebody back. We've never had that in a guy, ever. It's, it's San Diego nice. He is that guy. There is a swagger. There's an attitude about that guy, and they'll probably fucking trade him tonight <laughs> in a deal. But but that's it. And and I don't know, man. If you go out and, like, I'm, I'm not counting on Syndergaard because we've already said the Mets are in. But, Dave, I think what we need to do is stop worrying about the outside and start looking at the inside because I think finally we're at that spot that we've talked about and heard about for years where the first layers of the waves are going to start coming in. And I think, man, I think they're coming right out of the gate. I think Urias is here. And then I think Tatis comes here. And I think you just plug Tatis in at short and maybe Kinsler can play third. I don't know, but just hold you over. But I, to me, I'm like, I don't really give a shit. Let's see if Hosmer gets any better. And then, let me just go watch Urias and Tatis play. And if they struggle a little bit, just keep throwing them fucking out there. Watch it and just watch them and turn them loose. I think it'll be great. It'll change the whole momentum around. Well, I agree. As far as the fan base goes, e even as just a big baseball fan, I think so many people, not only just guys who follow the Padres, people that follow baseball across the country want to see what Tatis is doing. Everyone has heard his name for the last two years across the country. They want to see what this guy does. They want to see what Vladimir Guerrero Jr. does too. They, they, those are the two guys coming up. We're interested in it. So when you sit there and you watch Tatis come up, and I expect him to have the first 30 days outstanding. Let's see what he looks like after six weeks. Because yeah. remember, even with Ben Davis, advanced scouting in baseball is so good yeah. that let's see what you look like after six weeks. Because the first month, expect the guy to be on fire. No one's right. going to know the holes in his swing until they, they watch it for 30 days. Yeah, but then turn it loose. But yeah. just for the guys here, if they avoid Strauman and they avoid Syndergaard doesn't happen, but if somebody was actually to come out tonight and say, hey, Tatis is ready to go and you're going to see him, we're going to hold him back, right, because of contracts, so we get an extra year of him under control. We're going to hold him back to the 18th of April. But then, all things being equal, starting the 18th of April, we're going to have Tatis at short, Urias at second every day as fans. Are you guys, is that where you go? Yeah, you know what? Okay. We've all kind of sweated it out a little bit. Yeah. I think they, for the most part, Padre fans – We've never had it. You, you've outside. Uh, Billy would get it. Pete would get it. Who's here? Because we all run about the same. In the early days, uh, mid '80s, when you knew the Alomars were coming, when you knew Bayerga was coming, right? All those guys. When you heard Ozzy Guillen was coming. I mean, if you go back even before that, I don't know what the buzz was for McReynolds and Gwyn and that group. But when you knew the Alomars and when you knew all those dudes were coming. There was an excitement. And a typical Padres, they just started fucking unloading those guys <laughs> as quick as they could for Chris James and others. But I think there's a bunch of us that right now are like, look, we want to stick it out with Paddock. 
we don't want to see Paddock win or lose with the Cincinnati Reds. We want to see him with this team. We want to see Tatis with this team. I think there's certain guys that Quantrill, I don't think anybody's invested in Quantrill. I don't know where they're at with Espinoza. But I think, David, is that thing where we've like, we've been beaten down for so long. We're going to ride that wave. And let's just see. It's like deal or no deal with your buddy. Yes. Could you sell right now, no joke, going into the first game of the season at Petco Park to tease jerseys or T-shirts with his number name on it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're right. I think right now he's the biggest name person that you have if you're a Padre fan, and he's not even up with the team yet. Well, I think it's different than anything because it's not just San Diego hyping him. Yeah. It's, it's the national people that you look at that you may respect, right? You may hate Rob Nyer for everything he says, but and I'm just using Rob as an example, but when he's like, that kid's a difference maker, and then you look at whoever else you hear, Steve Phillips or Jim Bowden or others, former GMs, and yeah. they're like, that kid's a difference maker. I've watched him play. I go see him. Yeah. Um, Baseball America, all their guys. It's the first guy. We, I don't remember the last guy, Matt Latos. Um, there hasn't been a guy coming up through that system where it has been that universal, unanimous, that this kid's going to be a difference maker. When when John Heyman writes, look, they're not even talking about putting Tatis in the no, deal. No, you can't. Yeah, who's the last guy that you had coming up that that wasn't touched? Anybody? I mean, was anybody that you guys can remember from any trade talk? Renfro was wide open. Hetches was wide open. All those guys. Margot, all of them. Tatis is the first guy, and maybe, I guess, to a certain extent, Mackenzie Gore, that you're seeing, and Paddock, where you're seeing three guys, and it's like, fuck no. And and everybody seems to get it. That's pretty cool. Right now, first of all, I want to step back to one thing you said a second ago, because I didn't live here at the time. When mm-hmm. Ozzie Guillen was coming up, I knew who Ozzie Guillen was when I lived in Tennessee, just yeah. following, heard his name, the whole deal. But at the same time, Gary Templeton was a guy that only had a few years under his belt with the Padres, and they went to a World Series. Were people okay with saying goodbye to Gary Templeton at that time for Ozzie Guillen? Well, they knew they were coming. But Ozzie Guillen was there in 85, and and Lamar Hoyt all of a sudden is a Padre, which from the outside looked like a great deal that you got a Cy Young Award winner coming to San Diego on a team that went to the World Series. Yeah, again, Dave, remember my – I wasn't here – right when the excitement of Juan Bonilla finally getting to make his Major League (laughs) debut happened, but – but I just remember, and the other thing was, what was really cool, those dudes were playing in Vegas. They were playing in Vegas. They were that close where you could go see them. And then, right, they had been in Hawaii, and then they moved the AAA team to Vegas, and it was kind of all around that same time. So you had friends that were going over to go watch. I mean, it was like driving down to, well, shit, not quite as close as Yuma, but you could but go it's like see going this. to Peoria. It's the same distance, yeah, about five same hours. Thing. And you could see the whole thing, and it was a difference yeah. maker. I just think we all kind of felt like, uh, yeah, Templeton wasn't going to be here until 91. You just felt like, okay, he's not going to be here forever. Um, and you had, like I said, there was that core of Benito and Sandy. You knew one of those guys was going to get it. But then, you know, Bayerga and Guillen and Robbie – like you, you felt like okay, but shit, man, we never even got a chance to to check them out. They never even. I don't remember. I don't think Bayerga ever once did. Bayerga ever once? Never once. No. I don't know that Sandy Junior. ever wore the uniform either. 
I don't think any of those guys ever technically got it. Did he? Did he get up for a little bit, Dan? Maybe. But um, but it was just Dave. I, in my opinion, um, I, I just feel like a lot of us right now are like, look, if you tell me that I'm going to get to see Tatis this year, I'm going to get to see Urias, and maybe August I get a little bit of panic. Shit, man, Espinosa hasn't been talked about, right? Forever, because he's coming back from Tommy John. That was the number one guy in your in your farm system for a while. If some of these guys start coming in, yeah, then I then I think you just need one of these dudes to hit. You, you need, need more one, than one. No, but I'm saying you need one guy to hit to be a major difference maker. I'm not gonna call it a trout, but just you you need one of these guys to be uh, like a Bellinger type, where you go, okay, this guy's a fucking difference maker. Right, Seager, one of the. I'm yeah, just thinking well, about guys he, that have come up for the Dodgers. Which is a, a smart way to do it. I understand Buster nobody wants to hear the word Dodgers, but you want to set it up where, to me, successful teams, you're bringing up at least one guy a year. You yeah. know what I mean? That way you just keep it moving. You constantly keep it moving. You don't have those down years, and you bring up one guy a year. The Dodgers have done it in the past. They did it in the early 80s when they had five guys in a row win rookie yeah. of the year. They've done it recently. They did it in the 90s. And I understand there aren't World Series championships to show for it, but it keeps the organization strong. So let's say this year it's a tease, the next year it's Gore or Paddock or whatever else you want to figure out. Yeah. But you keep it going and you just keep adding one new guy to the everyday eight. All yeah. of a sudden, you're going, this is a strong organization from top to bottom. thing I couldn't figure out was the talk for the Yankee third baseman and Hart. Yeah. And you're looking at some of these like trade proposals, and it's like, let's just clear out five or six of these guys. for. And I'm like, the, the guy can't field. Yeah, he can't field. Well, neither can Mejia. Right. I mean, you got to get. But I'm like, why would why yeah. why would anybody consider giving yeah. up five guys? Even if you look at from your prospect list and say, look, these guys are probably 17 to 30. Why are you giving up that many of them for a guy who legitimately can't? We're gonna get sick of that act after about a month. And if these other guys start start producing, yeah, Dave, and kind of following what you're saying, if you have Urias and you have Tatis, now all of a sudden the arms coming up, and maybe Renfro continues to do what he's doing. Uh, Hosmer finds his way, and then you got a third baseman who can't fucking. It looks like Carmelo over there. We're gonna lose our shit. And then you realize, yeah. and then you look, and the Yankees cherry picked three or four guys from us that go and start being productive, like every guy that ever goes out of this system does. Oh, it'd be horrible. Uh, again, those are just rumors. And I heard, uh, I think uh, Darren played back a thing with with Andy Green the other day that was pretty good from the winter meetings. And Andy said, Darren asked him how do rumors get started. He said, well, we're not really, AJ's not talking. We're not really bothered with that. But agents or other teams try to cultivate interest by saying, hey, a lot of people are calling on Palais. And he said, yeah, occasionally we have to step in and say, no, we're not doing that. I think go, going back to your initial question, the number one thing they have to do this offseason is resolve Will Myers. You have to find a resolution to Will Myers before anything else. And my hope is that means that Will Myers is out of here, gone, because it just didn't work. It didn't and, work. Nope. And and Steve Phillips was talking about a different player, but it applies here too. And he said every GM, uh, no matter who it is, goes through. Every GM has a bad contract on their record. You just move that player along, and then you just start fresh tomorrow. Because even if you got to eat money, you just move the guy along because as long as the bad contract's there, he said it's like an ingrown toenail. Yeah. Makes you crazy. Makes you crazy, and especially if the player 
is a guy that that doesn't help. And that, for me, more than any starting pitcher, third baseman, anything else, to me the number one thing they have to get done in the next six weeks is figuring out a resolution to Myers, which was another way of saying getting him the fuck out of here. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. At the same time, well, you, you, can't, you can't sit there and say – we aren't going to eat his contract. You're going to have to eat it. You made a bad decision when uh-huh. you gave it to him. You just got to eat it. And, and at the same time with Matt Kemp, the joke was he's an untradeable contract. He's been traded four times on that untradeable contract. The Dodgers traded him twice. Fuck, they moved. D- just they do moved it. Kemp just, just get him out. Because right now, yeah, Myers right now is a major cancer. And unfortunately, he might go somewhere and be great if he finally matures. But he yeah. hasn't shown that in a Padre uniform. He's nowhere close to showing it. Man, the Dodgers take that Homer Bailey deal and immediately just eat the twenty three yeah. million and release yeah. him. Fuck off, Homer. But <laughs> but shit, man, where you yeah. go, they unloaded Kemp and Puig in the same deal. And I mean, I don't know that there's another guy numbers wise that matched up where you go, Okay, we're gonna ditch him too. Unless you try to move Hosmer in that deal, right? I'm like, who else could you have moved if you're San Diego to offset the twenty three from Bailey? But uh, goddamn, man. The Dodgers are able to move those to brutal contracts. You would think you should be able to find one that matches yeah. up. No, I, I agree with you. It was interesting the other day that there was someone put out on Instagram that Bryce Harper in a Dodger uniform, and Bryce Harper liked it. it was like, usually those guys stay out of it. Like Scott Boris's guys yeah. usually are quiet. And it's like, I don't know if he, that's what you're supposed to do, that he sat there and he liked it. I'm not saying that's where Harper was going, because I thought all along Harper was going somewhere else until the trade that you just said you said mm-hmm. it on the show a week ago. You thought Harper was going to the Dodgers. Felt I like that was the vibe. Harper was going to. I picked the Giants, the Phillies, the you know. I picked different teams yeah. that I thought he could go to. Honestly, I didn't think the Dodgers were going to go in for Harper. That's the one thing that I I felt like a message was sent to this fan base. When you look at what's going on in Arizona, the Giants are going to tear that thing down. The Giants are exactly where San Diego was. Yeah. Right after Will Middlebrooks, right where we were like, God damn, we can't be any worse than we are. That's where the Giants are today. The Diamondbacks are going to do that. So what I look at is I wish there was something that said, yeah, we're waiting for all these guys to come, but guess what? In the interim, we feel like we can make a run, and we're going to do a couple of moves. Maybe they're they're one-and-ones, right, player option deals, whatever you want to do. But I wish there was something done where they saw what we saw, which is this division all of a sudden has become a three-team race. Two-team race. Well, it's a two-team right now, Yeah. but my, my feeling was, Dave, if they had made a couple of moves, then you go, okay, now it's a three-team race. Right now, it's a two-team. Yeah, it's between Colorado and the Dodgers. Yeah. Unless somebody comes in and goes nuts, right? Maybe Hosmer, yeah. fuck, Myers. I, I don't know, but you would need a lot of things to line up perfectly in that scenario. That's why I'm asking, right? It's still, to be a season ticket holder for the Padres, it's expensive, whether you want to do a 20-game plan or anything above, it's expensive when you're buying two or four. So give me some value. And, and yeah, I just think I think we let that fucking team off the hook too much. I really do. I, I think we should have the foot should be on the throat of Ron Fowler and Pete Seidler and Preller saying, fuck you. We don't give a shit about it. We'll worry about 2021 yeah. when it fucking gets here. What the fuck are you doing in 2019? I don't see any two-for-one fucking deals. Let's go, kid, and and that's we just let these guys fucking slide. We we got it, man. I'm telling you, it bit us in the ass three years ago by just kind of being nonchalant about. It. And look, the pods aren't moving, but it, it's exactly Dave. The two things you brought up: nobody bitched and complained with the Dutcher thing, and nobody is fighting a loud enough battle 
I don't know who we listen to, right? Do you, do you go to 1090? Does it go to the UT? I don't know where it goes. But somebody needs to go, hey, fuck. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? Shit, if we learned anything this year, right? We, we learned there's no guarantee that any of us fucking get to 2020. No. All right. You mentioned uh, Andy Green with uh, Darren. Mm-hmm. How much do you think Andy Green is tied into what the future is with the Padres? None. I hope it's none. Don't you all hope it's none? Because if he's in with everything, that means he's here for the long term. No, none. If you ran butt out that quick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, me- really, you, I think we all hope that Andy Green is not the guy. I think we're all done with Andy Green. Look, I, I said it, and it's a personal thing more than anything. My scenario is that Andy lasts one more year, and then Boach is back here. And Boach is back here in 2020. Because to me, Boach would be Coach the, never gets a chance. Dave, I got fucked. I never got the chance after USIU, and that was really, really frustrating. Really frustrating. Really upset for me. Uh, I had a couple of situations where I, I joked about my New Year's resolution, and they didn't like the joke, got the school paper. I said I was going to do a whole lot more marijuana, drink better whiskey, and find better ways to cuss out my players. And they thought I was real. Can you believe that bullshit? Yeah, coach will never get a chance. Him and Randy, the report Randy, cards are gone. Randy's going to be the pitching coach. Coach is going to be the manager. God, I'd buy tickets for that shit. I would buy tickets for that shit. Who else could we get? Can we bring Randy Reddy back? Who else could we fucking dig up? Huh? Who else? Steve Woods probably thinks he should have a fucking role in that team. Most inflated ego when it comes to baseball of any guy I've ever met. Fucking guy. Kevin yeah. <laughs> Kevin Guzmanoff can come back. Uh, that's what I think. I don't see it. And look, maybe Andy's National League Manager of the Year. Fuck, I've had plenty of shit wrong. No uh, way. But no Who's way. He's National League Manager of the Year. You're out of your mind. Right. He's not. No. But that's the other thing. We just fucking stay with these guys. It's the same thing. Well, Dave, how many different guys have we stayed with? Go back to the Chargers, right? The, because I don't feel like it was necessarily that bad a deal with the pods where you felt like, at least the pods, you felt like guys were moved out. Punch and Pat Murphy got fucking run out of here in enough time. They didn't give him a five-year extension. But Norv was a guy they fucking hung on to every year. We all knew Norv sucked. Yeah. Oh, let's bring him back another year. McCoy was another dipshit that they'd fucking bring back every year. And Andy Green's another one of these fucking guys. Why do they continue to extend the agony? If he worked for any of you, Andy Green would be fucking out. That's what he used to say. If we did our job like Andy did his, we did get fired. We were better at our job than Andy was. Fucking guy. <laughs> fucking guy. <laughs> All right, let he me wouldn't not... make it at tailor-made pools. No, he would not. Bullshit. He, he would not. Speaking of tailor-made pools, Alan Taylor's here tonight. 20 years in San Diego, tailor-made pools. Man, the perfect pool just for you. What are you waiting for? Alan's right there waiting by the phone. Now is the perfect time to call Alan because the schedule gets crazy busy during the year. Call him right now and say, you know what, New Year's resolution, we're going to have a brand new pool in the backyard. If you have a pool that's already set, ready to go, he's your guy for resurfacing. Also, he's the guy that can make repairs to the pool that might not be in perfect working order by the time spring and summer hit. Give Alan a call, 619-449-4452, 619-449-4452. thing that I love about it is uh, you can uh, email him, tmp4u at att.net. Dave, look at this card. I want everybody to look at this card, this picture. This is the Tijuana River Valley that he went down and cleaned that shit up. Goddamn, you guys can drink that water. That's so goddamn clean. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. He's a Canadian treasure. He brought Labatt's down he to did. the party tonight. He did. I'm drinking tonight. it for the first time ever. It's goddamn I've had good, two of right? them already. It is good. <laughs> yeah, shit. 
All he got to do, where I was up in, uh, I told you, I was up in L.A. last yeah. week. Say a great hotel, horseshit pool. And, yeah. and the problem is for anybody, if you have a pool, all your friends are talking because they're jealous. So they don't have a pool. And then they get in their car, their shitty car that gets 11 miles to the gallon. And like, boy, I'm not a fan of Dave's pool. <laughs> no, I thought Dave's pool. So let Alan come in, clean it up. So next time those fuckheads are in your backyard, they're like, well, shit. That's a goddamn good-looking tailor-made pool. Goddamn, if you could do that, that's a Tijuana River Valley. That's probably right downtown IB. You guys got to see this. I'll tweet this card out. Son of a bitch. He's unbelievable what he does. Next Sorry, one I, I mentioned, Brian Curry. Did you call Brian and tell no, him to I come down? No, I did not. Fuck. Completely forgot. He had one thing Shit. to do. He had one thing to do. Shit. I completely forgot. God dang it. Brian Curry, selling real estate all over Been San Diego County. Been with us from County. day one. <laughs> yeah. Made a real impact on me. Guy's going to buy me a fucking house. Well, yeah. not buy me, but he's going to help me buy a house in yes. two months. Fuck, I had one thing to do. <laughs> Shit. 20 years in San Diego, he wins tons of awards. Yeah. He's your guy to find the perfect house for you, but you have to call him. That's how it <laughs> works. You actually have to call the fucking guy. <laughs> Get in touch with Brian Curry. What are you Shit. waiting for? You can also find him. Online, BrianCurryRealEstate.com, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. You know what it hit me that I didn't call Brian? Right now when I said Brian Curry? No, when I saw Dan Williams come in, because I was like, oh, shit, Dave was going to call Dan. Who was I going to call? Brian Curry, fuck me. <laughs> well, <sighs> assuming he'll still take my call when I call yes. him, he'll be like, great, thanks. Nice to see you. Would have loved some rolled tacos and lasagna. Uh, the housing market, here's the biggest fear. Uh, there continues to be a fear that the bubble is going to burst. And I look at it and go, okay, if I'm somebody getting ready to buy, the fuck was I the other day? Uh, up in La Mesa, okay? I'm in La Mesa, right off Fletcher Parkway. Yeah. I have a cool little neighborhood up there. Half a million dollars. It's like, fuck you. Is Lisa Ann come with the keys <laughs> to the house? Because that's the only way I'm paying half a million for this. But... If you are in the market to sell and you're thinking, ah, you know, I'm going to wait it out because shitty little houses that should be 275 in La Mesa are selling for 500. Hey, if we waited out another three months, they may be 555, 75, or they may be 275. So know what you don't know. That's when you call BC. And it's great if you're somebody like me getting ready to maybe buy again. Uh, where you go, hey, man, should I jump in now? Because there's nothing worse. When I got my condo in La Mesa, yeah. I paid uh, two fifty five for it, two fifty five. My neighbor paid four forty, and had purchased less than a year before me, and his place sucked. <laughs> and so, uh, and that's it. But I'll also say there were people that came in five months after me that got in for a buck sixty five. Again, shitty unit, but yeah. but got in for a buck sixty-five for a unit that today, less than ten years later, they could probably sell today for four hundred and make a lot of dough. So, oh, did you hear me talk about? It? Whoa, that was a little creepy. Was that um, Vera? <laughs> not Vera, but close. <laughs> the lawyer. I was like, God damn, I didn't say anything wrong. Uh, <laughs> but that's the thing. If you're thinking about it in the market, look. If you're invested. And you go, I'm 10 years into a 30 and I'm not going anywhere, then just ride the wave. Ultimately, you're going to be okay. 
But for those of us that are either getting in the market as a buyer or seller, that's why you got to call Brian and tell him I'm sorry. They, <laughs> tell me sorry. Don't forget but Daniel Tyler at Superior Fence Company. Daniel's your guy. 2005, he started this business. He's been doing great things up in the North County. Now we'll go all, go all over San Diego County just for you. Give Daniel Tyler a call. I'm going to call him right after everybody leaves. We're going to put a big electric fence right in front of the property. Why? Keep all these crazy fucks right out of the front yard. <laughs> out of the car. Out of the car. We'll be out there rattling. We'll be out there, me and the uh, the bird man. We'll have those guys. Remember when he cut his fingers off? The guy in the yes, Escape from Alcatraz? I'm just figuring out which one of these guys will go hardcore, <laughs> cut their fingers off. Probably Dan Noon will do it for us. We'll cut it off. Uh, boy, nothing like a nice fence to make the difference. I invite you to go to the website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Click on the sponsors link and see for yourself the difference it can make. Outstanding work and really does make a difference, Dave, when you drive up and down the block. All you got to do now is take a drive down your street and take a look at somebody with a shitty fence, something yeah. you didn't pay attention to, and now watch how much you cuss. And, oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> God damn it. What, what? Oh, would you look at the goddamn Murphy house with that fucking fence? <laughs> what? <laughs> call, call Dan Tyler. He'll get it all fixed. Get your blood pressure down. You'll be fine. A-plus rating with BBB. Always does great work. I also want to mention Kyle Fluger. 619-500-6621 is his number. Right there, that perfect website heading into 2019. Fix your business up. Kyle's your guy. 619-500. BBB rating? A-plus, because I gave him one. I have no idea. All right, I'm sure it's good. What are you calling him out for? You were supposed well, to fucking call him, too. 619-500-6621. I love that you always throw that in about Dan Tyler because we tell you everything. Go look at the pictures. And I just picture somebody listening. Eh, let me see what his BB. Who the fuck's. Oh, what the last time the BBB was relevant? Better Business Bureau. I don't when know. When you have an A plus rating, it is relevant. When you got straight got A's, you don't it. fuck with it. I got it. Who even has the time to call in? You know what, Dave? You did a hell of a job changing the oil. I'm going to call the Better Business Bureau. God damn it. Where's their number in the yellow pages? Oh, shit. Like, oh, I want to I want to call Dan Tyler, but I need to hear confirmation that he got an A-plus from the BBB. What's your fucking BBB rating? But D-minus, Probably. Kid. Probably absolutely is. All right. A couple things for you before we get on out of here. Unless right. somebody wants to jump on the mic and say something. No? No. It's great. Best Punch, audience in radio. Punch of pussies. All right. Here we go. All right. San Diego, I've noticed one thing on the news every mm -hmm. single weekend. Well, there's always a hit and run in San Diego. What, every time I watch uh, Alicia Summers do the news, there's always a hit and run. Bike lanes, man. Bike lanes. Bike lanes coming in everywhere. I don't know what it is. See, the problem is, Dave, and I think all of us now have gotten used to hands-free driving. Because can you imagine, like, remember it wasn't that long ago where you're just driving, holding your phone yeah. up, just bullshitting, yeah. driving with your elbow, Getting telling your jokes. Getting at the same time. Right, doing all that shit. Yeah. Then some asshole, left, left, left. One of those fucks that live in Kensington comes driving in. I think he's fucking Floyd Landis. And he just accidentally <laughs> takes his back wheel out. <laughs> oh, hey. But, dude, now that you're just, now that you're hands-free and you're just driving, these guys come up out of nowhere. And you go, shit, man. They're, whether it's a motorcycle or a bike, that's what I see. Motorcyclists yeah. down. Everybody. Uh, Ten years ago. If you heard, God, you know, motorcyclists down. And now we hear, we're like, ah, big fucking shock. Big fucking shock. Brock, Brock lover. Yeah, fuck. But it's the same thing because I just think we're all, there's no way. A friend of mine was saying to me the other day, 
hey, uh, what are your chances of getting a motorcycle again? And I said, I had one, drove it, I don't know, 15, 20 times. God yeah. damn, the game had changed, man. And I was not splitting lanes. It was a huge bike, nine, a huge Harley. And uh, I, was, I wasn't splitting lanes on that. God, man, people are so distracted by everything they're doing. Think about guys driving on the freeway home tonight. How many people you have that just kind of drift over into your lane or you have the guy that all of a sudden is driving. You're driving, maintaining speed, right? And all of a sudden you come up on the guy, male or female, and they're driving 20 miles an hour slower because they're looking down at their yeah. phone or doing whatever. Shit, I can't even imagine being on a bicycle or a bike. Yeah, you got to be really, really careful. And it feels like there's an arrogance that came with these guys because that fuckhead Faulkner put all the bike lanes in. So they just feel like, oh, hey, we're just going to go. That's crazy. But now when motorcycle guys get hit, it's like there's no sympathy at all anymore. When motorcycle guys used to get hit, I used to get calls all the time. People would say, hey, I heard about that guy out in Panosquitos, man. I was just thinking about you. Now it's like, ah. <laughs> all right, two things for your relationship questions. A friend of mine mm -hmm. said he, he won't go to the movies anymore because his, his wife complains every time he goes on out. You know this guy that I'm talking about. It's always the same guy. <laughs> okay. And I said, why won't your wife go to the movies? He goes, because it drives him crazy that people have to eat. And he literally yells out in the theater, the movie's an hour 45. You fuckers can't go two hours without eating. <laughs> and, he, and he screams out in the theater. <laughs> Who asked me who's right and who's wrong? And I was thinking, you know, I grab something to eat every time I go to the She's theater. She's right. Just, thousand percent. It, it's just a thing. But you say you're a popcorn guy, right? Don't you see you do the popcorn thing with the kids? Yeah, my son, yeah. My son will crush it. He yeah. crushes it. It's great, and there's it's very funny. They're twin boys. One guy's a hot tamale guy. The other guy's a milk yeah. guy. One guy's a popcorn, like, uh, like at least, you know, like the small popcorns are pretty big right now. Yeah. He'll, he'll crush that by himself. And the other one's like a handful of popcorn for the whole movie. That's all he needs. But I said to him, they went to see uh, the Ralph Rex the Internet. And the first thing, like, How's the movie? And I think they honestly gave me an hour and 11 minute <laughs> recap of the movie. And then this happened and then that happened and then this. But then I said, uh, I go, what, you know, what damage you do at the concession stand? And they go, I don't even know what that means. I go, what'd you get? Oh, we got popcorn. We got hot tamale. What? And yeah, it's the whole thing. It's part of the whole deal. Like, yeah. It's what you've been used to your whole time growing up as a kid. Yeah, you go to the deal where you'll go to like Walgreens, go through the candy aisle, shove it in your pocket or throw it into the girl's purse. Just mm -hmm. you don't have to buy it at the theater. 100%. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll, um, all right. Here, I'll give you one. And we have Maggie's here right now. But for all the guys that are here, <clears throat> my wife had a friend who her boyfriend, it was absolutely taboo that if you were out to dinner, do not put a fork over and take a bite. Like, you go to dinner, okay? okay. You go to Ruth's Chris, okay. and you get a steak, and your wife gets chicken, right? Okay. You've got that filet mignon, and your wife says, hey, can I try a bite? You're like, yeah, of course, right? This guy was like, get out of here! <laughs> like, the whole thing. And he said, "It, David didn't matter. Dessert... Um, right, creme brulee, he's got the ch nothing. No fork other than his own touches the plate. And I said, that guy's just psychotic. That's just weird, right? A hundred percent. Like you go, 
Okay, do you do this move, all right? When you're married, did you say, hey, this is great, you got to try this and take her fork, put it in your food, and give it back to her? No, I got what all of us get, which is, this tastes funny. And it's like, well, I don't want to do that. Just do it. I don't want to do that. Uh, yeah, that was never an issue. Like, yeah, I, uh, My wife always does that to me, even though if I say I don't want to try your food. She'll still take my fork, stick it in her food, and then give it back to me. I, know, I, I warned you about it. I didn't want it. I warned you about okay, it. Okay, that leads me to this next question that okay. the same guy brought up to me yesterday. He says in every relationship. You know it's him, though, right? Oh, like, yeah, I know like he's, he's crazy. never right. Oh, I know he's crazy. Yeah. Okay, he says in every relationship, and I know there are people in this room who are married, just by a show of hands, actually. I how many? Most. How many are married? Okay, that's almost everybody. Yeah. He says in every marriage that there's one person in that marriage that loves the other person more than than another one. It's never 50-50. There's always someone that loves that person more than oh, the other. Oh, you son you, of a... You, you fucked this whole that? room up, man. This yeah. whole room was having fun. I'm not having naming names. Fun. Hey! I'm not, not, I'm not naming names, but put your hand up if it's you. Put your hand... Uh, don't put your hand up if it's your wife. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's only one person in there and says it's the other way. That, that Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says it's the wife that loves the husband more. I, I don't buy into that. I, I don't buy into it because I still believe even, like, uh, I'll I'll tell you, we did, uh, my kids go with me every yeah. weekend, and we went. So what we got her, I think I mentioned this, we got her a woven blanket. We got her a woven blanket that's full of pictures of my boys. And, like, I think I mentioned, they signed a card. I get her a card, like a big card, and they sign, hang on, Dave. People here are here. Sorry you didn't get the invite. <laughs> but if this is the card, right, I'm like, hey, write something cool to your mom. My son writes his entire note right here on a blank card. <laughs> Jams it in, letters, and he's the only guy, and he's watching all of it. And like he said to me, um, today he was telling me about his New Year's resolution, yeah. that he's going to be nicer to his brother and he's going to try harder in school and all these different things. And he said to me, he goes, do you have a New Year's resolution? I said, yeah. The shit we just said for Coach. I go, God damn, I'm going to drink much better whiskey this year. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I go, yeah, and I'm going to find a lot more creative ways to cuss at you. Like when you <laughs> wrote in that small square. And I'm like, God damn it, dude. What? It's the only card I have. I go, we don't have 10 more. I go, I don't have eight kids. What are you doing? But we gave her a woven blanket, and the note on the card said, even when they're gone, they'll keep you warm. And she loved it. I just think, Dave, that there's different shit. But I think at the end of the day, it's always for the wife in in relationships that are working. I think for the wife, it's about him, and, and for him, it's about her. I just genuinely still believe it. We had a guy. I mean, I, shit, I get along with her great. Although... I have friends that have been married, and I won't say for how long because they'll be like, oh, that fucker, he's talking about me. I am talking about you. <laughs> I have no idea how they're still together. Yeah. I have no idea. I think we all know somebody like that, though, right? Yeah. We all know somebody in a relationship. We're like, what the fuck? How are they together? Yeah. But I, but I think what you find, right, is you find the one who loves you back, and you go, all right, that's cool. It's great. Who, who do you have fun? Like, good, bad, and different. Who's the first person you want to talk to? And if you're like, well, it's goddamn Mary down the hall, then you better get out. <laughs> but as long as it's still her, I think you're good. You buy into that shit. I think that shit will make you crazy. She'll no, well, I never thought about it until until yesterday when he brought it up. It wasn't he wasn't taking a shot. He was just saying in every relationship, there's one person that loves the other person more. Now he also said this one too. All right, mm -hmm. He's, and again, 
I'm trying to watch the fucking Alabama game, right? which I'm always freaked out about. And this is he's throwing all this shit at me. And I'm like, shut the fuck up already. I don't give a rat's ass. I just yeah. want to see if Alabama wins. And so I'm just sitting right right, right over there behind you. And, and he's just walking, pacing back and forth in my garage, just throwing all this shit at me. I heard so, him yelling on Josh's video. Did you? Yeah, it's over, John. <laughs> okay. I heard him. Yeah. So, he, okay, here's the other line he dropped at me. He okay. says, as Dr. Laura says, that's the way he starts it. And we all looked at him and said, you listen to Dr. Laura? And he goes, I am. I didn't even know she's still alive. She's still alive. God. Yeah. She, okay. She's still alive. Makes like $20 million a year. She's wow. She's doing really well on serious. So... He says, Dr. Laurie says, guys are really easy to figure out. All you have to do is feed them and fuck them. That's it. And that's how you keep a good marriage. And the, and, and the husband will never go anywhere if you do those two things. And then he said to me, I'm doing neither. <laughs> For his husband? No. Or he's getting neither? He's getting neither. That's what he said. Drop that line. made us all die laughing. But he said, it's that simple. He goes, Dr. Laurie's 100% right. And he, uh, dropped, and he drops that line. And so I was like, all right, well, that was just, that was it. And then he kind of left. He left in the third quarter. Fucking guy just walked out. He was tired. That's it. Enough. I'm did done. Did his three minutes of material. Yeah, walked out, took material. his note cards, and left. Yeah, that was it. So Good, that, good riddance. Fuck out That of was here. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like any of that shit, man. I, I, because, Dave, I think that's the kind of, again, not to play Freud on you, but if you go home tonight and you're thinking that question, like, okay, wait a minute. Is it me? Or is it her? Or is it right? And then you start splitting hairs on everything. You overanalyze yeah. shit. The, I'll tell you, I know where he lives. We'll all just, <laughs> I'll drive you over. You can all just beat the dog shit out of him. <laughs> he needs it. No, I, I think it's crazy. I think at that point, like, yeah, I think it's fine. And it, it's just, man, look, I, I'll just say the road takes you where it goes, right? Good, yeah. bad, indifferent. It takes you where you're going to go. And there's days, I think, everybody in this room where something happened where you go, fuck, I don't know. Dave, I, I, the Jake thing, I have no idea where that road goes. But I think for everything else, when you hit that and you go, fuck, there's no coming back from it. And then all of a sudden, three months down the road, you go, whoa, hey, if A didn't happen, then B doesn't happen. If B doesn't happen, then C doesn't happen. All of a sudden, we're okay. Uh, you slowly figure it out. But if, if it's still, as long as that person is still the one where you go, yeah. Fuck, you know, I got, oh, I just ran over a guy. I just did it, but I'm on the run. As long as that first phone call is still to them, I just ride the wave. You're all good. All right, before we get on out of here, you have anything else? Uh, no, I, I love this group very much. I love every one of these guys. It was nice enough to come down here. Al Taylor was down here. Uh, 2019 is going to be really fun. 2019 is going to be a fun year. The great thing is, and I, my hope is, maybe as early as next Sunday night, uh, Josh Lewin is going to be in this chair. Cool. And then Laura Kane's going to come down and be part of this show. Mark Grant's supposed to come back, too. Yeah, we'll bring that knucklehead in, and uh, we'll get them all lined up. But, yeah, 2019, 2018 was a rough year on the podcast. 2019 is going to be a lot better. Be incredibly safe. Did she just light this room up? God damn. Welcome to, welcome to my world, man. Oh, Shuggy. Shit, we're wrapping up, kid. Oh, yeah, she'll cripple you. She'll <laughs> goddamn, she'll take your, yeah, she, uh, she's a little bit more powerful than Amanda Nunez. Yes. There's been days where I felt like cyborg going off the side of the chair. God damn, Shuggy. Hey, maybe we work on that for 2019, huh? <laughs> but uh, that's it. Follow everybody on Twitter, and then we're, uh, days all run into each other. I don't even know. We're back here next Sunday, right? Next Sunday. Happy New Year, everybody. Let's make 2019 a lot better than 2018. Thank you, guys.
yeah.